everyone and welcome back to the Football Trigger podcast. My name is Thomas Dunning and today I am joined by my co-host Pierce McLaughlin. Hello Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we'll be reacting to last weekend's English Premier League and Scottish Premier League results. We will also be reacting to last week's Conference League and Europa League results. And Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be reacting to last weekend's English Premier League results. So I'll just quickly go through all the results that were played. So on Saturday, the, the fixtures were Manchester City 2, Nottingham Forest 0, Luton Town 1, Wolves 1, Crystal Palace 0, Fulham 0, Brentford 1, Everton 3, Burnley 0, Man United 1, and on Sunday, the results were Arsenal 2, Tottenham 2, Brighton 3, Bournemouth 1, Chelsea 0, Aston Villa 1, Liverpool 3, West Ham 1, and finally Sheffield United 0, Newcastle United 8. So Pierce, from these lists of results, which match or matches stands out to you the most? Well, for me, there's two matches that stand out to me, and that's the North London derby, where it was uh, finished 2-2, and Sheffield United versus Newcastle, where it was 8-0 to the visitors. So I think we're going to start off with a high-scoring game. Um, Sheffield United, um, in the games that I've seen this season, they've been pretty competitive, pretty combative. Um, they've been narrowly defeated, or they picked up points, or they narrowly got a win. But in this game, from start to finish, they were just not at it at all. They were, they were Newcastle were first at every first ball and every second ball. And they looked as if a lot of the players just chucked it. Um, because a lot of the goals are just far too easy. Like they just I think it was the one of the goals, I think it was um Anthony Gordon's. Like they just they allowed the players just to cut inside or they allowed Bruno uh, Gamere just so much time to just pick passes left and right. And obviously, I think there's a debatable one for the, the long staff goal where Anthony Gordon hand, handles the ball to keep it in play. But apart from that, I don't think Sheffield United can have any questions. Um, and I think uh, Paul Heckenbottom will um will have a long, hard look at his team and um and he'll, he'll give him a good rollicking and uh, get back to the training pitch because that was far from a Premier League display. That was like a League One, League Two performance. That was. They did everything wrong in the game. They just they didn't didn't match the runners. They didn't run, and Newcastle just looked as if they were playing a, a freedom, and they looked as if the shackles were off because they struggled uh, in midweek in the Champions League away to the San Siro. Um, well, themselves should have been battered, but from Nick Pole's heroic performance in the San Siro, they they come away with a point in that. Um, but no, fantastic result for Newcastle, but. No side should be getting beat 8-0. Um, but, yeah, fantastic form for Newcastle. But Sheffield United, that was um, an abysmal display and um, they'll need to recover quickly if they if they want to stay in the division. Um, but in terms of the North London derby, I think it was everything that we expected. Like A lot of people were writing off Spurs beforehand um, saying how many Spurs players get in the Arsenal team. But as you can see, Arsenal haven't started the season as well as they did last year. Um, and that's obviously with the recruitment of, obviously, Kai Havertz and Declan Rice. 
Um, and a two-toed uh, result was probably a fair, fair, fair result for the game. Um, thought Son's two goals are fantastic. Um, clinical. Him and Madison just linked up superbly, and um, and obviously the the star man for Arsenal was uh, the the young young winger, Bukayo Saka, who again put another excellent display in. Um, and obviously that's now Spurs and Arsenal both still unbeaten to this season, and I think that's um a phenomenal achievement, for more more for Tottenham because the fact is that this is Ange Postecoglou's first season in charge, and he's undergoing a massive rebuild and obviously lost his star man at the start of the season in Harry Kane. But um no I'm I'm liking the I'm liking the look of the way Tottenham play. They've got a freedom and for large majority of spells of the game, they actually outplayed Arsenal at the Emirates, which was a sight to behold because there was there was times where, like for instance, Madison lost the ball to NG's own box because he was just he just thought he had more time and Arsenal didn't punish them. But that was the that was a difference I thought Tottenham punished Arsenal when they made mistakes and that was the difference and I, I, I do think Arsenal and Tottenham will be fighting for that top four but I don't think Arsenal will be fighting for the title Yeah um, <clears throat> there's quite a few results here that I've been just been looking through that that you know stand out to me so obviously I'll quickly just the Sheffield United Newcastle's I think it's a big highlight of the week obviously to lose 8-0 in the Premier League is it's unheard of, really. It doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen a lot in any league, to be honest. But a really, really bad day for Sheffield United. Um, you know, I think everybody knew it was going to be tough for them, the promoted side. But um, to be at home um, and lose 8-0, it, it's just terrible for them. And some of the goals that they conceded were just so schoolboy. I mean, it was really, really easy. It was, it, it was far too easy at times for Newcastle. Um. Interestingly, as well for Newcastle, that it was eight different goal scorers, which Eddie Howe will be so pleased about. You know, usually a team only has one main goal scorer, but for Newcastle to have eight different goal scorers on that day is is really good for them. I just want to say, Pierce, about Sheffield United and Paul Heckenbottom. Do you think that his job's under threat now? Uh, I struggle to see any manager that survives after that because I remember the last sort of manager that had results like that, but he didn't really. Last long was member Ralph Hassan who went Southampton, where he had two nil, two uh, I think it was eight or nine nil defeats, and um once you have like massive results like that, it's quite damaging. And the same happened in the SBL um last season, Jack Ross against Celtic. I think pretty much sacked like the next week or two. So his job is under serious threat. I do think so. Yeah, um, I agree. I think um. You know, in the next couple of games, especially for Sheffield United, Paul Heckenbottom, it's going to be really important. And, you know, there's going to have to be a big reaction because, you know, I think all the eyes are going to be on Sheffield United now how they respond after such a big, heavy defeat. And so just a couple of results. So obviously Chelsea, Aston Villa. Aston Villa went to Stamford Bridge and won 1-0. And for Chelsea at the moment, I mean, for Chelsea fans, it just must be such a struggle to watch their team. Uh, you know, they spent all this money on all these star players, all these star young players as well. And for Pochettino, it just, you know, it's, they just can't get the results at the moment. Um, because when you watch Chelsea, you know, they actually are a good side to watch. That I think in terms of data and statistics are right up there in the, in the top charts of the league, but they just can't score. They just don't have that ruthlessness in front of the goal where they can finish their chances. Um, 
and they're pun- they're getting punished for it at the moment. You know, they're not winning one enough games. You know, they're, I think they're sitting fourteen for fifteenth in the in the Premier League table, which is, you know, it's um, you know, for Chelsea, it's, it's you know that they shouldn't be there to be honest with the squad they've got. They should be challenging right up in the the top four places. So, yeah, it's really tough for the Chelsea at the moment. Um, you know, and I, I think it's just going to be a matter of. It's just going to take time for them. Obviously, it's a new team. Uh, so tough times for Chelsea at the moment. And then obviously, the North London derby, Arsenal-Tottenham, which was a great game to watch. Uh, you know, both teams, both trying to win the match. Uh, Arsenal started the match better. You know, they really put Tottenham under a lot of pressure. Um, Arsenal didn't take their chances. Obviously, the Jesus chance that he should have scored. And then... Uh, once Tottenham got the first goal back in the game, when they got back into it one one, Phil Tottenham grew in confidence from then, uh, and they they you know they really performed well, because uh, the last few North London derby results for uh, Tottenham at the Emirates Stadium has been it's been really tough for them. Uh, they've had some pretty bad defeats, so yeah. So for Costa Coglu, it's um, you know really really positive for him at the moment. Um, you know. Uh, for me, it's not a surprise to be honest. I always kind of knew he'd do well in the Premier League when he left Celtic. Uh, and just finally, uh, the Brentford Everton result, three uh, one to Everton, which was Everton's first result of the season, uh, first win of the season. Uh, you know, to go to Brentford away and get a result like that is uh, is really good. You know, lots of teams struggle at Brentford uh, to get to pick up to pick up a win. So uh, for Sean Dyke, he'll be delighted. Um, you know, because it's been quite a tough start for them. Um and yeah, you know, Covert Lund got on the score sheet as well. So Everton fans will be hoping that he stays fit. Um and you know, kinda contributes a lot this season because uh I think Everton do have quite a good squad. I think they've got a good manager as well, in my opinion. I think Sean Dyche is a really under underrated manager. I think he always sets his teams up well. Um so uh yeah, really good result for Everton as well. Um I just wanted that finally, Pierce, uh, from the Premier League. So, is it a team that's impressed you the most this season? Yeah, it's got, got to be two teams that have excited me the most in terms of when I watched them as a neutral. And it's Brighton and Tottenham. Just the way the way they play football, it's two very attacking-minded coaches and uh, De Derby and Ange Postacoglu, like both it. But I think it's more impressive the Tottenham, the fact is in a short space of time, only a short pre-season, that have changed away from this kind of three slash five at the back, um, attacking long ball, kind of Conte, Mourinho, Nuno, Espirito Santo tactics, and they've then went to a four, two, three, one, and you've seen the rejuvenation of, for instance, someone like Ayiz Basuma. I think he's been absolutely outstanding this season, considering he couldn't get a look in last year. Um. But it just shows you what a top quality coach can do to a player and bring the confidence. And obviously with the uh, getting Son back on to his best form again is an unbelievable um, asset for Tottenham. And I think he could, him and Madison, the link-up could be similar to like Son and Kane. But I think Son this time will be the finisher. I think Madison will get a lot of assists. So they two are very key. Um, but no, I, I, like, I like to look at that. Vicario and goals, he's a lot more solid than Lloris because Lloris was probably a mistake. And um, I think Van de Ven was a underrated signing because I think him alongside Romero, they were crying out for a, a proper centre-back 
because they all had Davis and Sanchez, Ben Davies, and obviously they've got Romero, who I think is a good good defender, but he is a bit rash at times. But I think he's a young, composed defender, and I think you're starting to see the really nice attack football by Tottenham, and obviously Brighton, they just get fantastic recruitment, brilliant young players, they sell their best players like, for massive fees, and they go again. And I just love the look of like, Evan Ferguson and Matoma and like you saw him March and the right, and then you've now got young Andrew Fatty from Barcelona. So exciting times for both teams and um, both. Um, I think Tottenham, in fact, it's no Europe will be beneficial for them in terms of like a full week to prepare, and they're out of the League Cup as well. So it's brilliant for them in terms of like maybe pushing for top four more. And they've been kind of like under under underdogs in terms of like I I think for me they're probably favourites to get top four. And uh, Brighton playing in Europe as well, I think that's a phenomenal achievement for them. And um, I can see them growing and maybe going into the last stages there. And I think, again, they're just another exciting team to watch. Yeah. Um, my, my, my team that's impressed me so far um, the most is Tottenham. Uh, you know, it's it's still very early days, but, um, you know, it's been a, a summer of change for Tottenham. You know, they've had to change the style of play. They've lost their star player in Harry Kane. And it's just... The for me, what's impressed me the most is just the fact that how much Ange Postecoglou has changed that style of play for them. You know, as you said, they were a very defensive team, um, under Conte, Espirito Santo, and Mourinho, for the last couple of years. You know, they didn't really press high up the pitch. You know, there was no real energy in the team. You know, last season was really difficult for them, and you know this. You know, so far this season, it's just it's totally different. You know. They're so they're, they're much more front footed, you know. It's it's just um it's just exciting to watch, you know. Um, it's so good to see players like Son kind of expressing themselves more, you know. Um, you know he seems to be having such a a great time under uh, Ange at the moment. Um, you know it's not surprising to me. You know me and you know a lot about Postecoglou in terms of in terms of Scottish football, and you know it it doesn't surprise me how that he's come in and he's brought that positivity to, to Tottenham. Um, yeah, so Tottenham are the team that impressed me, impressed me the most so far. You know, it's still early days, but uh, as you said, you know, the fact that they've got no European football, you know, they're out of the cup, you know, I think the fact that they can just solely focus on the Premier League, that might benefit them um, in terms of, you know, getting a really good finish this season in terms of challenging for the top four. So, uh, yeah, so Tottenham are the team that's impressed me the most so far this season. Um, so we will now move on to discussing last weekend's Scottish Premier League results. So I'll just quickly go through all the results. So on Saturday, the results were Livingston 0, Celtic 3, Dundee 2, Kilmarnock 2, Hibs 2, St Johnston 0, St Mirren 1, Hearts 0. Uh, and on Sunday, the results were Aberdeen 4, Ross County nil, Rangers one, Murrayville nil. So Pierce, um, which match or matches stands out to you the most? Yeah, so for me, there's two matches that stand out: is um, Livingston nil, Celtic three, and Aberdeen four, Ross County nil. Um, so we start off with Aberdeen Ross County. Um, that was Aberdeen's first victory of the season, which is phenomenal for them because the fact is they were under a bit of pressure. Um, because they've not been playing great football under Barry Robson this season. 
I think he's been chopping and changing between formations and personnel. But I think they look back to their free flowing best. I mean, you've got Miofsky um, and Duke on the score sheet again. Like, they two are vital for Aberdeen to have any success this season and uh, push for that top six in European places again. Um, and obviously, Miofsky got a double, Duke, and then obviously, Jamie McGrath got a goal as well. So good for them, considering um, on back a European performance away in, uh, away in Germany. And obviously, they've got, um, they're facing the same opposition again on Wednesday in the League Cup. So that'll be a tough task away up to Dingwall on Wednesday. So And also Ross County will be looking for a better showing. So that'll be a tough task to do that. And then obviously on Saturday as well, they've then got a, another tough away trip to Ibrox. So the, the, the tough games are coming thick and fast and Aberdeen need to just pick up as much points as they possibly can because they're down uh, in a position and um, really struggling, but no, more like themselves for last season. Um, and obviously, we've seen them at the start of the season. They, they gave Celtic a really good game at opening game. Um, and I think you'll see more more positive things to come from Aberdeen now. Uh, in terms of Livingston and Celtic, um, I thought Celtic played really well um, away to Livingston, because obviously, as we know, the plastic pitches. Horrendous at times the way the the, the ball bobbles or the ball sticks. You can't really play a, a lovely passing football game. Um, but I thought for me, like the game was just full of drama because I thought Livingston caused Celtic problems in the opening forty five minutes with just that long ball in behind, and it seemed to catch Celtic out time and time again. And then obviously a moment of madness from Joe Hart and it's a straight red card. Um, I don't think there's any debate in the decision, but obviously I think the, the pitch didn't help. Maybe he was expecting the ball to bounce closer to him, but as it is, it was a split second decision, and then um, he he just he just missed the ball, that bell a couple inches and caught the man. Um, but obviously I think from then he expected Livingston to then really go for it and really try to put Celtic under serious pressure because obviously. Scott Bain in goals, he's, he's not played much football for Celtic in a, in a, in a while. Um, I think he's Celtic's third choice goalkeeper, so he's only in the squad really for the Scottish quarter for Europe. Um, and also that time Celtic won the up at half time. Um, and then also the sucker punch right, this, right, right, right after half time, within two minutes, um, Celtic make it 2 0 through Matt O'Reilly. Um, brilliant ball in by Kyogo. Attack, uh, Miadi should have scored. And then O'Reilly, he just seems to be in the right position at the right time. And I think he's having a formal start to the season. I think Brendan Rodgers has started the best of him because we know his quality on the ball. But you can see he's kind of he's kind of trying to make him more like a kind of Frank, Frank Lampard type midfielder in terms of the late runs into the box. Because obviously we know that players like Maida, Kyogo, Abada like to have the front post or the back post runs, early runs. But if you've got somebody falling up, more often than not, you can get 10 to 15 goals a season from midfield. And that's really important. And uh, and obviously, the, the goal at the end was sublime by Maeda because usually you don't accustom with him with that sort of finish. You you can more accustom to do with his work rate and energy. And I thought he was probably a standout performer at the weekend because down to 10 men, he just runs and runs and runs. I think it was the 95th minute and he, he literally closes down a lost cause and then chops inside a Cruyff turn and bends it in his weak foot, and you're like, wow. But no, I think that was for me. They two were the standout fixtures. 
in uh, the SPO this, this weekend. Yep. Um, there's, so there's three matches here for me, so I'll just quickly run through them. So uh, starting off with Livingston Celtic match. Um, so obviously that finished 3-0 Celtic. What, what stood out to me the most for that was the fact that Celtic won that match uh, with 10 men. You know, they were 1-0 up at the time when Joe Hart got sent off, um, which, you know, I don't think anyone's got any debates about. I think it was a red card. Um, but it was just how Celtic controlled the game after that, I felt. You know, I don't think... I actually felt Lindsay played better when they had when Celtic had 11 men rather than when Celtic had 10 men. Um, so, uh, and you were just saying there about Dyson Maida, I think, you know, I, I think if Celtic go down to 10 men, especially in in league in the league, I don't think Celtic need to really worry if they've got Maida on the pitch. You know, he just, he makes up for the 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 player missing, you know, with all the running that he does. Um so that was a really impressive performance from Celtic. You know, I think it was more kind of like them. You know, it's been quite a a slow start to the season for them. You know, they've not really hit their their heights, and you know, it was a good uh, response to their Champions League defeat last uh, last Tuesday. So that was one of the matches for me. Uh, the other one was the Hibs and Johnston match, which finished two 0 That was Nick Montgomery's uh, first match in charge at Easter Road, and for him to get to get his first home win. And a clean sheet as well, and you know he'd be really happy with that. You know, uh, you know, Hibs have had a, they've had a tough start to the season as well, and um, you know, and um, I think they um, one of the players that Hibs brought back into the team on Saturday was a uh, Jaya Tavares, who came from Benfica last summer. Uh, he's had quite a tough time. You know, had uh, under Lee Johnson, he could take out the team. He wasn't really part of the squad, but. Uh, Nick Montgomery seems to have um, brought him back in and he, he played on Saturday. So uh, for him, it just seems to be like a fresh start for all the players. Um, and to get a 2-0 result, um, a 2-0 win, it's, you know, really, really, Nick Montgomery would be pleased with that. Um, and lastly, the aberdeen Ross County result, which finished 4-0 to Aberdeen. You know, as you said, Aberdeen's first one of the season, which was much needed. Um, and they'll be delighted with that after a European uh, game on Thursday, which we will talk about more um, just a little bit, just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, four goals in a clean sheet. Um, you know, Barry Robson will be delighted with that. Um, and I think that result kind of comes off the, the confidence that they took from Thursday, which, again, we will talk about just just in just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, uh, Aberdeen will be hoping that they can they can push on from that. And uh, as you said, they've got a tough match coming up against Rangers at Ibrooks. And yep, so these are the kind of three matches that have um that stand out to me the most. And obviously just a little thing about St. Mirren. They want to beat Hearts 1 0 um as well. And St. Mirren are still right up there on the table. So um it'd be quite harsh not to kind of include them. Uh, so we'll move on to uh, last week's um Europa League and Conference League matches. So we are we are teams from England and Scotland who played in these matches. Uh, and the result and we talked we we did discuss the preview for, for these matches last week. So uh, the results they finished um Liga Warsaw three, Aston Villa two, Eintracht Frankfurt two, Aberdeen one, LASK one, Liverpool three, West Ham United three. TSC, Baka, Ola 1, Brighton 2, 
AEK Athens 3 and Rangers 1, Real Betis 0. So Pierce, from these list of um, fixtures, which match or matches stands out to you the most? So I've picked four matches, um, two from Scotland and two from England. So we'll start off with the Scotland, Scotland uh, Scottish contingency. Um, we're going to start off with the Rangers 1, Real Betis 0. Um, I thought Real Betis at times played really nice football, but they looked a bit suspect at the back, and we kind of touched on that in the preview. And obviously, they did have 40 old Claudio Bravo on goals, um, and you've seen the talent of Visco on show, but at times they kind of lacked a cutting edge Betis. And when you do that, Ibrox and Rangers kind of defended resolutely, and Rangers are always a danger from set pieces, and that proved to be the key. Uh, and the only goal of the game for Sima. Um, just a, a stramash in the box and just managed to get it over the line and uh, I thought Jack Butland at times was um, superb and kept him in the game at times um, but a phenomenal result and I think Rangers kind of saved their best performances for Europe time and time again and uh, I think it's a great start for them uh, in terms of the Europa League to get three points in your first game so it's important for the Scottish sides to win their, their home games to have any chance to like, progress in the latter stages and in terms of Aberdeen and the Conference League away to Eintracht Frankfurt, um, like we, we touched on in the preview, um, obviously the pure start to the season had uh, the rock bottom of the league, uh, just above, um, I think it's uh, Ross County. Um, and obviously they're kind of struggling for form. And I think they gained confidence in the league after this performance because they went away to Germany and they were 1-1 one, one at half-time. Um, and obviously, the, the Frankfurt's opening goal was a penalty as well. So you can take a lot of confidence for that. And obviously, it's no kind of... Most sides can like, struggle against like German opposition in Europe, especially away from home. And um, to lose narrowly 2-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt, who've got uh, World Cup winner Mario Gotza, Kevin Trapp in goals, Sebastian Roder, uh, all a top quality players um, so I think they can take real confidence for that and that they can show they can can compete at this level and obviously to, to not get a hide in is a, a positive and to show that they can, they can compete uh, will do them a world of good and hopefully they can uh, pick up points and they're not too distant future in the, in the next group game so in terms of the, the, the English contingency so I've went with the Brighton 2 AK Athens 3 I, I really suspected Brighton to put on a, a proper show and show why like, they're one of the standout teams in the Premier League, who are sort of sitting currently third in the Premier League at the time of recording. Um, but I think they, they, did, they did make a lot of changes to the side, uh, and maybe that's down to like, rotation in the Premier League and in Europe, trying to balance it. But I think maybe they disrespected the, the Greek opposition a little bit, because AK Athens, through, we've known through obviously playing... Celtic previously a couple of years ago in the Champions League qualifiers, they are a really good opposition, and especially the usual quite a good Europe League side, and um, they proved that again, getting a fantastic result away from home. And in terms of Liga Warsaw and Aston Villa, that's the other game I've chosen. So Liga Warsaw three, Aston Villa two, and I think with Unai Emery, he's one of the favourites to win the Europa Conference League. Um, considering he's won the Europa League four or five times with Sevilla and Villarreal most most recently, um, but to lose three two away from the league of Warsaw, um, would have probably shocked most most fans because they expect 
like like Brighton, they've had a really good start to the season apart from the Newcastle game. Um and obviously the, the squad themselves is really, really good. But um, like you say, similar to AK Athens, League of Warsaw is a good Europa League side and it can cause a lot of these problems. And um that's going to happen um every now and again. But it just maybe a wake up call for the Aston Villa and Brighton that it won't be a cakewalk in the Europa League and the Conference League. Yeah. Um you know, again for me there's it's a mixed bag of results that have surprised me. Um, so I'll start off with what you were just saying there. Uh, the Liga Warsaw Aston Villa match, which finished three two to Liga Warsaw. A match I did not expect Aston Villa to lose at all. You know, um when you compare the squads between Aston Villa and Liga Warsaw, you know, Aston Villa squad is, you know, in terms of paper it looks much, much better. But um, you know, again, I think Aston Villa might have underappreciated Liga Warsaw a lot a little bit. You know, Liga Warsaw is a really tough place to go to in Poland. You know, fans they, they really make it a really tough place. You know, the fans are really vocal. Um, you know, there was a there was quite a cool display um, the Liga Warsaw fans put up uh, last week um in Poland. So uh no, it was a great game to watch, obviously, lots of goals, but um you know, that's a that's a start Aston Villa did not want to make at all. Um, you know, because they're tipped to be one of the favourites to win the conference league. So uh, a very a, a short result there. Um and then Aberdeen and Frank Frankfurt, which finished two one time Frank Frankfurt. Um, you know, me and you talked last week on the podcast that you know, we just hope Aberdeen don't come out this match and get get beat by five, six goals. Um and to be honest, it was a polar opposite. I thought they were I thought they were brilliant on the on the night. And they defended really, really well. You know, really frustrated and Frank Frankfurt a lot. And Frank Frankfurt had a lot of the ball. Um, but Aberdeen they really defended well though. They're really good shape. Um, and they were a threat in the counter attack as well. And that's how they got the goal. Um, and they were actually unlucky in the end Aberdeen to not get a point. You know, they had a really good chance in the 90th minute um, and they didn't take it but you know that's a fantastic result well it's not a fantastic result because they lost the game but you know they can take a lot of confidence in that and I actually think that this result although they lost the match I think that could be a springboard for them this season you know they've just shown on Sunday that I think they have taken confidence from it you know they've just went to back to league action the 1-4-0 um, so a really positive a really kind of positive performance from Aberdeen and they'll take confidence as you said that they can they can do something in this conference like this, um, this season um, and the Brighton uh, AEK Athens result which finished 3-2 to AEK Athens uh, again I, I did expect Brighton to win that you know just with the form that they were in the fact they went to Old Trafford just before that and, and won um, and the fact that they've uh, started their campaign with defeat is you know disappointing for them I don't think they, especially at home you know home form in Europe is really important and um, but again E. Caffins are a really good side um, you know Celtic uh, know, know about them the fact E. Caffins put them out the Champions League qualifiers a few years ago um, and Brighton are in a really tough group you know they've got Athens they've also got Ajax and Marseille in their group as well so that's going to be really tough for them to try and get out that group. And the fact that they've started off with a defeat, it makes it even more difficult for them. 
Um, and then just lastly, uh, the Rangers Real Betis match, which finished one 0 to Rangers. You know, a really good start for Rangers uh, against a good Real Betis side. I did say that um, this was going to be a, quite an even game, and it was an even game. You know, there wasn't really much between the two teams. Um, but Rangers have came out of the match with three points, and I think they deserved it, especially with the second half performance. I felt they were the better side. Um, and yeah, you know, they can take confidence in that, you know, and that'll be a group that they'll be looking to get out of and get into the knockout uh, rounds. Uh, yeah, so uh, a really mixed bag of results. Um, you know, my, uh, some results there that I didn't expect at all. And uh, yeah, it's well, um, we'll, we'll talk about more the Europa League and Commons League when it returns to action in the next week or so. Uh, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so we'll start off with uh, K League One action. Um, so Saturday, twenty third of September, we had the uh, Asian Hana Citizen Three, uh, Suwon Samsung Blue Wings One, Jeju United One, FC Seoul Three, and then on Sunday, the twenty fourth of September, we had Guangzhou FC Nil, Jumbo Hyundai Motors One, Suwon FC Two, Ulsan Hyundai Motors Three, um, Gangwon FC One, Inch United One. Dega C nil, Pohang Steelers nil. So after the result of the weekend, this leaves the table looking like this. So the top of the table, we've still got Ulsan Hyundai, um, eight points clearly, Pohang Steelers in second on 57. Um, and in third position, we've got Guangzhou FC, who have still cemented that place in third for the time being on 48 points. And then we've got a real, real tight table right below that. So we've got um, in fourth position, we've got FC Seoul in 46, John Butch United Motors in fifth and 46, and Dago FC in sixth position in 45 points, and Inchon United in seventh place on 44 points. With only two matches remaining in the, the K League season before it, it, it finishes um, for the for the season, um, we've, got every, we've got, what is it, five, five teams fighting for that third position in terms of the Asian Champions League positions and um, it's got to go right down to the wire. Uh, Guang just you've been brilliant form but also losing the weekend um, is kind of putting them right back in the mix and obviously only two points ahead of SSL and Jumbo it was really up for grabs that third position and um, yeah it goes all the way down to a seventh position and at the bottom of the table we've got um, Suwing, Samson, Blue Wings in 12th position on 22 points Gangwon FC in 11th on 25 and Suwon FC on 29. So it's a fight out between Gangwon and Suwon Samson Bloomings for loot for automatic promote, uh, relegation. Um, and obviously the other team will probably um, fight it out in the playoff round. Yeah, so an exciting end to the season and the K-League season. So moving on to the, the Japanese First Division, the G-League 1. Um, on Saturday, the 23rd of September, we had Albrecht Nagata 3, Yokohama FC 1, FC Tokyo 3, Sagatusa 2, Lagoa Grampus 1, Hokkaido, Constable, Sapporo 1, Kawashi Racial 1, Avispa Fukuoka 3, um, Kyoto Sanga 1, Sofreti Hiroshima 0, Vassel Kobe 1, Seizo Saka 0, and then on Sunday the 24th of September with Kashi Mantlers 1, Yokohama F Mariners 2, Shonan Bermier 0, Kawasaki Frontali 2, and uh, last but not least, Gambo Saka 1, Urawa Red Diamonds 3. 
Slats leaving the table looking like this. So we've got Vassell Kobe on top in 55 points and uh, closely followed by Yokomaev Maros in 54 points, only a point behind. And then obviously we've got uh, all the way down from 3rd to 8th. It's so, so tight. Um, we've got Urawi Diamonds in 3rd position 49. Nagoya Grampus in 4th position 47. And then we've got Cashiotters in 5th position with 46 points. Sixth person, Sergio Osaka at the 45, and then San Francisco Hiroshima and Avispa Fakoka in seventh and eighth, respectively, on 44 points. So between third and eighth, it's only separated by five points. With only six matches remaining, um, it's set up for a fascinating finish to the season in terms of Yukama, F. Marnos, and Vassell Kobe fighting out for the title, and uh, the other sides fighting out for that third and fourth position for the Asian Champions League positions. And at the bottom of the table, we've got similar to the Korean League, um, Shona Belmere in 18th position on 21 points, Yokama FC in 17th position on 22, and Kaoshi Racial on 16th position with 26 points. So it's a fight out for Yokohama FC and Shona Belmere for automatic relegation. And um, Kaoshi Russell will get a wee bit of distance, but they'll be looking to uh, push themselves further away from that drop zone. So in terms of Asian football news, we've got Essie Silverer, Kan Sung Jin, has been nominated for FIFA Puskas Award. It was a wonder strike after beating a few men whilst under national duty for South Korea under-20s against Jordan under-20s. It was some achievement for Kang, 20, who has already attracted interest from host of clubs around Europe. And if he wins this coveted award, it may accelerate his move to European football. South Korea advanced to the round of 16, of the 2022 Asian Games won in all three group stage games. If South Korea wins the gold medal, the players, including PSG's Lee Kang-in, will be exempt from military service. Jeju United have sacked manager Nam Ki-il following a 3-1 home defeat to FC Seoul at the weekend. And um, Soo and Samson Bluewins have followed suit by sacking Kim Young-soo um, after the 3-1 defeat away to Dejan Hara Citizen. With only two league games remaining and being rooted to the foot of the table and relegation looming, Young Ki Hun has been put in caretaker charge for the remaining two matches. And last but not least, uh, Son Jin Min, following his two goals in North London Derby against Arsenal on Sunday, Son has now scored more North London Derby goals at six than Gareth Bale, Henri, and Robin Van Persie, all on five goals, which I think is some achievement. And now he's the sixth in all time top. Tottenham all-time top goal scoring charts on 150 and uh, Harry Kane tops at less than 280 goals and that's your latest Asian football news Thank you Pierce and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Chuggy podcast this podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chuggy YouTube channel and also the Football Chuggy website, thanks for listening and see you soon, bye bye